podcast for a week. That's not. Do I say that? No. <laughs> that wasn't even close. Okay, I was gonna say the podcast where we talk about every Marvel movie ever. I don't think you've ever said I've that. I've never said it, and it, it didn't feel good to say, start saying, or stop saying. <laughs> I'm your host. <laughs> I am your host, Kate Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francisco Acala. We're both co-hosts. I don't know why I say that. We're we're of equal standing. I don't know. <laughs> I've just no. Again, I'm, I'm just kind of here, <laughs> blatantly stolen from the Weekly Planet. Anyway, today we are talking about the very divisive and maybe like retconned to be enjoyed Spider-Man 3. It's kind of like the prequels, you know, how everyone hated them when they came out and now people are like, maybe it's kind of good. Do people say that about the prequels? Yeah, and I think they oh, say it about Spider-Man okay. 3. This is definitely a movie that has been saved by memes, I think, and the internet. I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. Possibly, but I enjoyed it, so. I enjoyed it. I I've watched those first two so many times, and I've probably seen this one almost as many times, because usually when I watch the first two, I'm like, well, gotta watch Spider-Man 3. Obviously, there's a massive drop in quality in this movie in a lot of ways, just basic storytelling and very fundamental things, and there's a lot of behind-the-scenes tension between the director and the studio and producers that we'll get into, but I still think it's fun, and I like it, but it's not good. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I think some of it's bad. Some of it is bad. I think some of it's good, and I think some of it just doesn't hold up as far as technology limitations go. Yeah, but I think as a whole, it's not a bad movie. It's a a good end to the trilogy. Like, the last 40 minutes is is a solid, like, this is the final battle stuff. Yeah, I think it's not great, but I think it's good. It's passable. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and I always love watching it. It's not Spider Man Two, no, but or Spider Man One. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the worst one. First of all, that's kind of hard to beat, and second of all, it's still a good movie. <laughs> I hesitate to say good movie. I like. I I would say movie I like. I don't know. I feel like good movie is like subjectively a good film. I would not call this a yeah. good film. I would say <laughs> you mean it's objectively. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like I wouldn't say it's a good movie. Yeah, this I would is say subjectively like a good movie. Objectively, no. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> exactly. There's so much wrong with this, and I feel like whenever I'm watching this movie, someone comes in the room while I'm watching it, and I have to defend it, but also be like, "Yeah, it's bad." Like <laughs> everybody who's watched this with me is like, "This is bad." I'm like, "Yeah, it's charming. It's fun. It's not good." <laughs> and I can see to that. Even more so than like, like it's not worse than Ghost Rider or Daredevil, but I kind of defend those movies because I feel like they're underdogs. Until The Force Awakens came out, this was the most expensive movie ever made. That's a, that's a weird thing because you know what the most expensive movie ever is? It's, I don't think it's what you think it is. What is it's it? Pirates of the Caribbean Four. I think I think I did know that. Isn't that so, that's such How a much weird was fact. it? Do you I know? know? It's like. Like four hundred million dollars or something. Like maybe <laughs> it cost a billion dollars to make. Sixty-eight million. Uh, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So, for being like the most expensive movie, there's a lot of bad effects in here. There's like repeated effects that are not great. Uh, I think they use the exact same shot of uh Sandman's locket every time he looks at yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they do. It's like it's like they just took the hand and put it in different backgrounds. Sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a composite shot, whatever. This is such a huge movie, I don't really know how to tackle it at first. Like, Spider-Man 3 
is a big fucking deal and when it came out it was so hyped and probably overhyped and that's why it was such a disappointment because this isn't an awful film i mean it's not a great film but it's not awful there's a lot to like in it and for the time it was pretty impressive but oh my god is this movie like overstuffed and undercooked at the same time there are three villains in this movie i Mm -hmm. think (laughs) yeah and on top of villains there's also like so many side characters and side plots and i don't even i don't know which storyline is the main story I don't think there is one. (laughs) The symbiote shows up. It just crashes next to where Peter Parker happens to be, where the one superhero in the entire universe apparently is, except maybe Doctor Strange. That's all. Possibly. (laughs) What are we going to call this guy? Uh, uh, Doctor Octopus. That's crap. Uh, uh, Science Squid? Crap. Doctor Strange. That's pretty good. But it's taken. And the Punisher, I guess, but he is not really a superhero. He doesn't count. Um... It just happens to crash Runier, the one guy who has spider powers, and then we don't see it until, until like halfway through the one hour four minute mark. I think yeah, it it's it's. I think it's almost exactly an hour in, and then the entire second hour is just the symbiote. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what chunk of movie it's even on Peter Parker for. It's on him for like half an hour, maybe. Like in total? Yeah, probably like thirty to forty minutes, as far as. Because, I mean, he gets it at the one-hour mark. It's a a two-hour, 20-minute movie. And then Eddie Brock gets it at, like, the hour-and-a-half mark or whatever. (laughs) And then he has it for, like, I don't... It's the big thing. It's the big, like, marketing thing that got that poster with him. (laughs) It's not even in the movie. It's barely in it. and He's in the full black suit in, I think, two scenes. It's, like, the very first one and then the one where he gets rid of the suit. The rest, sure. he's just, like, wearing it under his clothes. Well, like, he, I mean, like, he fights Sandman. Everything! There's a lot of, like, photographs of him in it that he shows to Jonah Jameson or whatever. Obviously, I love Spider-Man because I'm fucking basic, but I also really love Venom. And this is one of the first films I think I ever saw where I was like, that's a thing they did wrong. Ugh. Because he's one of my favorite characters ever and i mean he's like so corny and 90s and weird and bad but i love him forever you know i think he looks fine when okay hold on no i'm listening listening. he looks fine when he's like completely in the symbiote once once it's just topher grace's face poking out with vampire teeth yeah that's weird and his weird his weird like lisp that he has yeah and it just clinging to the sides of his face yeah that's not good but the symbiote looks good Mm, i I wouldn't say good looks fine but he's so small yeah he's so much big because well he has weird proportions because i feel like he he looks small but in some places he looks big like he looks big in the legs, I think, and then he just gets smaller yeah, the higher you go. He's kind of thick. <laughs> we're trying to work around. I think it's when he's CG, he looks bigger, and when it's just clearly Topher Grace in like spandex or whatever. I mean, obviously not the Venom suit, but you know, like a mocap suit. It's like, oh, now he's tiny. Venom twenty eighteen, not a perfect movie, but Venom looks great. Yeah, they had they got him down pretty good. Yeah, and. He still, you know what? The, one of the worst things is he sounds like Topher Grace when he's Venom. He doesn't have a monster voice. <laughs> yeah, Topher Grace does not have an intimidating voice. Oh yeah, 
I know all about you. So hearing his voice come out of Venom, it's just kind of jarring. <laughs> my dad also loves Venom. I know I always bring up my dad, but he's always around when I'm watching these dumb fucking movies. And Venom's always been his favorite character. And his main complaint is, I don't know if I even give a fuck about this. I'm sorry, Dad. Um, but he doesn't like how the like lines of the Spider-Man suit are on the Venom suit. I, I think it makes him look more like Spider-Man, like an evil Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that's better. I do kind of wish that the... Because you know how in the comics, the symbiote suit doesn't have any lines or anything. It's just the big chest symbol. And yeah. it, like It looks totally different. I kind of wish we got that instead of just a black version of the normal suit. All the symbiote <laughs> stuff is so fucking bad like the fact i am shocked i've seen this movie like a hundred times but i am shocked every time when they're in central park and a fucking meteor just crash lands in the park and has no impact whatsoever one guy, yeah <laughs> he doesn't notice it yeah, he somehow don't notice it's not far away from him there's no spider sense in this entire movie there isn't one scene where we see the spider sense effect or hear the sound or anything there's more jump scares in this movie i think than other movies in the comics, Venom can like over override the spider sense, so that makes sense. But they don't ever. It's use interesting that. <laughs> that we never get it, and that's not like a big problem. I mean, there's no spider sense in Homecoming. Also, Ven- at some point, Venom says his spider sense is tingling. But does Venom a does Venom have a spider sense? And if he doesn't, <laughs> how did he how did he know that Spider Man just has that? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, it is totally in Venom's character to make a dick joke, which is what he's doing there when he points at MJ and goes, my spider sense is tingling, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That was such a bad delivery, too. (laughs) Yeah, it's so bad. If you know what I mean, and then dropping (laughs) Spider-Man. I think that line was improv or something. Anyway, it's totally in Eddie Brock's character to go, like, that is so wrong. And just every time that he talks to anybody, I want to punch him in the face. See, photography, it's not just about, no offense, uh, flagpoles or whatever. It's about lighting, composition, drama. Every time he introduces himself, he has to say his full name. It's Brock, sir. Edward Brock Jr. I'm dating your daughter. Snap. Just shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. I know you were on that 70s show. He left that show to be in this movie. And apparently I've never really seen much of that show. But the show went totally downhill because he was the main character. And he just <laughs> left to be in Spider-Man 3. Whatever. Basically, you're trash, Brock. I'll <laughs> <laughs> put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> Get to emo Peter soon enough. Cause that's, that is literally the best part. The best and worst part of the, the movie. The main thing everyone <laughs> talks about. It's parodied in Spider-Verse, even. And I did, uh, I did this. We don't really talk about this. I was I was hoping to have more time because I just wanted to watch Spider Verse the second that this was <laughs> I this Spider Man three is on Netflix right now and I was like I could just go right into that because Spider Verse is also on Netflix so maybe tonight I'll watch it again because it's very good. Eddie Brock is supposed to be this huge bodybuilder guy and he's not a photographer he's a journalist and the reason that he hates Spider Man isn't because he made a copy of a photo of Spider Man. It's because Spider Man misproved this case that he was writing about with the Sin Eater. He was like, the Sin Eater is really this guy. He confessed to me. But no, it was a different guy. And that was just like a serial killer in the Marvel Universe. But then 
it's similar because nowhere would hire him. He was humiliated or whatever. But he was this huge imposing force, so that's why it was a big deal when the symbiote got onto him. He had so much mass, and he was so tenacious and angry. And this is just some fucking kid who's like, <laughs> my girlfriend's gonna break up with me if I'm not good at photography. He looks and sounds like a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and he acts Everything like one, too. Says, exactly. Literally, literally, the entire reason that like the final battle happens he's like you humiliated me so i'm gonna humiliate you how about humiliation yeah (laughs) yeah i know i think it's funny that he actually goes to a church after (laughs) well you know yeah Yeah. i mean you want forgiveness get religion what's going on here which he does yeah he does he literally did (laughs) and was just like god will you kill peter parker for me I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think that's how God like, works. Hey, man, I need some help murdering a guy. God isn't an assassin, I don't think. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I works in mysterious ways, I guess. <laughs> I think we get more J. Joe and Jameson in this movie, or if we don't, we at least get extended sequences with him. I haven't printed a retraction in 20 years! Betty Brant's telling him which pill to take or whatever. <laughs> it's so corny, but I remember thinking that was so funny, like, a long time ago, and I still think that that's a good gag. A cliche I really like just in movies and stories is when, like, there's this grizzled professional and usually is sitting behind a desk and he has to go into the field, and I love at the end of this movie where he has to, like, pay a little girl yeah, for the camera. Yeah, hey kid, give me your camera. I don't know how she got the film out of that camera, though, so quickly. Film's extra. <laughs> there was no film in it in the first place. She was just pretending. <laughs> yeah, she was trying to con this old man. That girl, I think, is Sam Raimi's daughter, maybe? It's somebody's daughter, I don't know. And if we're talking about cameos, Stan Lee cameo in this, it's one of his most gratuitous cameos, I think, in any of these movies, where it's literally, I mean, at least until later, when they, like, this is the year when his cameos start to get, like, he's saying things. Like, he has one line. When he's actually in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. He has one line in Fantastic Four, and he's just like, oh, welcome back to the Baxter building, Dr. Richards. But now he's, like, having whole speeches. And I love that fucking scene. That's an emotional, especially now, watching it now, that's such an intensely emotional thing to watch. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said. Because, you know, he was so wonderful, and that's such a great depiction of him. Just seeing him talk to Spider-Man about how important (laughs) Spider-Man is, that's crazy. But I don't know how I feel about some of these later cameos, where especially in the next movie that we're going to talk about, where he says, it's me, I'm on the list, Stan Lee. That's a stretch. Uh, <laughs> a stretch? You know a villain that is good in this movie, though? Sandman? Yeah. Yes, great. <laughs> he's great. He's not in it that much. And that's the worst part of the movie. <laughs> the Uncle Ben thing is kind of confusing. Not confusing... As far as, oh, I don't understand what's happening. Confusing as in, it's like, an why? odd choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... It's to bring things full circle and to be like, oh, now he has a reason to want to go after this guy. I think that's kind of unnecessary because the only reason he needs is that he's a criminal. I think it's it's fine. They yeah, At sorry. least they kept the original guy. He wasn't like complete, like they weren't two completely unrelated things. Like they were partners. Yeah. Peter Parker didn't murder an innocent man in yeah. that movie. In Spider-Man 1, he's about to shoot that apparently 17-year-old kid in the face. <laughs> so he's still a bad guy. <laughs> 
this is and this is the movie that has the line where he's like, "Oh no, it was an accident. He tripped. I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, he killed him. <laughs> he totally yeah. killed that guy. <laughs> he pushed him out a window. Pull out. He deserved it, didn't he? <laughs> this movie does have my favorite origin of all time, which is that Sandman scene where it's completely visual storytelling. There's no word said. It's all CG, but it's just Christopher Young scored this movie. Danny Elfman stepped away. I think him and Raimi had some creative differences. Um, and then they made up because he re- he scored. Uh, you know that Wizard of Oz movie with James Franco? That's the same Raimi movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they teamed up again in that movie. That wasn't a great movie. Not a great movie, <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Uh, At least they made up, I guess. Yeah, sure. It, that's 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 all that And more James Franco, there you go. But yeah, Christopher Young has an amazing score in this movie. There's like a musical sting that plays a couple times in this that's really good. That Sandman scene is so... That's such a great example of telling a story without saying a word. It's... You understand... Just keep going. <laughs> you understand exactly what's going through his mind, and you see him kind of... The different forms, because first it's it's just sand, and then it's a man, and then it's more of a man. He's trying to grab the locket, and he can't, and he's... It sucks. Like, it sucks because that is a shitty, ridiculous, but shitty situation that he's gotten himself into. And he's kind of like a freak now. <laughs> but it's just a, it's a wonderful scene. I mean, I think whenever that scene comes on, because I was making notes or whatever while watching this movie, just researching trivia and whatever. And then that when that scene happened, I put my stuff away. I was like, I got to watch this because this is a great moment. I think... That's where most of the budget for the effects <laughs> went, to be honest. Sure. Well, there are apparently there's 900 effect shots in the movie, which is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But I feel like a lot of the effects, especially on Tobey Maguire, aren't aren't necessarily too good. No. But the the Sandman stuff is all pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I think we have somebody on Reddit just was like, uh, I should find out who it is, but they just said that the. CGI on Sam and was ahead of its time. Sam zero five one three zero seven. Yeah, I th- I think all that stuff looks great though. All the Sam and stuff looks good. Just great effects. Kind of wish he was the only villain in the movie, having him not in it that much. And towards the end, you don't even see him as Thomas Hayden Church Flint Marco. You see him as fucking big CGI mummy monster that just kind of screeches. Yeah, and that's fun. That's fine, but. A lot of emotion in Thomas Hayden Church's eyes. Like, that's a good performance that's really underrated because there's so much in this movie. It's hard to focus on those little things unless you've seen it a hundred times, and then you kind of have to. But you know what's cooler? Turning Sandman into glass. <laughs> that is cool. That's yeah, it's cool. Awesome. <laughs> that's like, there was thought put into that take. I like that. I like that he turns him into glass and shatters him. That's nice. Yeah, New Goblin does that. You know, okay, this is a little controversial. I don't think New Goblin is that bad. The name is awful. The design is awful. The design is also, well, I I mean, the mask is kind of cool, I guess. But overall, yeah, not that great. The weird surfboard is kind of weird. I hate the snowboard that he has or the surfboard or whatever. Yeah. I hate that. I hate the lightsaber that he has, the green sword that I he think has. That's, it, that's fine. That's, it's like whatever. I don't like he, like, that. he uses it like twice. It, it's not that big of a deal. I don't like the mask. I don't like the weird shades. I don't like any of it. I I think it's awful. I don't know. I think it's fine. He doesn't I, even get a name in this movie. They never call him New Goblin. Which 
good because that's Goblin Jr. at one point. Look at little Goblin Jr. Gonna cry. That's a great scene. Yeah. I used to think that that first confrontation between him and Harry was so good, like because. I think that might be the only example in one of these movies where it's just Peter Parker, not in the Spider-Man costume, but him fighting somebody. And there's still some cool stuff in that. But so much of that sequence is so green screeny and looks awful. The worst effect in this movie, and this is the one that I'm talking about that's repeated so often, is when we're doing like two people falling through the air, punching each other and fighting and like, oh, there's space between them and then they web each other back together and it's completely CGI and they get really up close with the faces. What is this, Batman or fucking Mortal Kombat versus DC? Where that 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 literally happens like every time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't think that ever looks good. Yeah. And it happens a lot. It happens with Sandman. It happens in like every fight at least once. Actually, it happens with every villain. Yeah. Which is weird, and it never looks good. I think the one with Venom is the best looking one, but that's still bad, and it still looks like they're falling through nothing. And it's Venom. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know in Black Panther at the end when they're like falling, fighting, and it looks Mm -hmm. really bad? That's exactly what this looks like. I think having people fall while punching each other just never looks good and it's not a good concept. <laughs> no, I don't think we ever I don't think we've done good flying combat until Man of Steel. Like that's not a good movie probably, but that has some great stuff in it like the action like the neck snap and the scream. Whatever. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> but the action stuff in that is really good. Yeah. I mean it's loud and it's awful and it's upsetting to watch and there's like a thousand 911s in that movie caused by <laughs> Superman. But it's but still no, he, well done. Yeah. He's the Messiah. <laughs> yeah, Andy's Jesus. Andy's Jesus. If you didn't know, here's four Jesus items in the background. <laughs> yeah. Don't kick off your universe like that. Yeah. Don't make that the first movie in your I life. mean... They didn't get it until like 2019. Yeah, if, DC, if the DC universe was one thing, it was consistent. <laughs> was it? Was it consistent? It was consistently bad. <laughs> I guess so. But then you have Wonder Woman come out, and then... Well, no, that's what have... I'm saying. It was consistently bad, and then they put out Wonder Woman, and then they got a little better. Yeah, They I had Wonder so. Woman, and they had Aquaman, and they had Shazam. And they had Joker, and they had Justice League. Yeah, well, we don't talk about Justice League. I love League. Justice League. <laughs> uh, I, I still haven't seen it. I've seen parts of it, and it looks really bad. No, it's bad, but remember a couple like weeks ago when I watched it twice in 12 hours? Yeah, you watched it twice in a row like a fucking psychopath. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was really fun. I'm sure it was. I like that movie. It's so bad though. Mankind's melting the polar ice caps, destroying the ecosystem. They got it coming. Hey, I don't mind if the ocean dries. How about if they boil? Dressed like a bat. You're out of your mind, Bruce Wayne. But it's kind of kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, villain that is unexcusable. <laughs> I, I can't even. He's just big, generic CG alien guy. Yeah, just gray, huge face with weird. He looks like Ares from Wonder Woman. Like they're the same guy. Like of all the villains they could have used in a Justice League movie, yeah, you use Steppenwolf. They have to build up to Dark Side. Just put Dark Side in it. Just do that, or anybody else, yeah, any of the thousands anybody. of villains that you could have used that aren't Steppenwolf. Somebody that no one's ever heard. No, of you got to use your OC. <laughs> yeah. Do not steal. <laughs> what? What? How is that stealing? It's their own character. It's just, it's just, yeah, no, that really lets that down. But there's Green Lanterns in that movie, which is interesting. 
but no actual Green Lantern. <laughs> no, no Hal Jordan or John Stewart or Guy Gardner. Which is weird because isn't he one of the like main like the mainstays of the Justice League? Well, yeah, but in that movie, well, it's like an ancient fight from like a thousand years ago, mm-hmm. and you see all the Green Lanterns and like Amazonians and Atlanteans and whatever, and they're fighting. And then you see one of the Green Lanterns die, and then their ring flies off because that's what they do to go find somebody. So that's cool. That's a good movie. I like that. I like that movie. It's not good, but it's so much fun. <laughs> it's a Joss Whedon movie. Like it's it's like the Avengers with Batman in it. It's like so. It's the Avengers, but not as good. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that you just said it was so good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's it's not good. I mean, this is we're, this isn't even the right universe again. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? New Goblin. Yeah, we were talking about New Goblin and me thinking it's not that bad. I guess. Did you not think it was bad when Harry bumped his head? When Harry fucking died? Yeah, when Harry amnesia? died. <laughs> That's good. Like, I don't like any of the falling fighting or any of the weird CG face stuff, but I do like when Harry gets knocked so hard and he hits everything on the way yeah, down. Yeah, and he actually dies. Yeah, he dies. <laughs> He dies and is resuscitated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man killed him. (laughs) But then, because he has amnesia, that's like fucking soap opera bullshit. That he has amnesia, he's forgotten. It's soap opera bullshit, but I mean... No, it's bad for any... No, I'm I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying this is a Spider-Man movie, which is based off of comic books, and they would do the exact same thing in the comics. I don't... Comics are stupid. They would do this. Well, in the comics, when Harry Osborn was taking the Goblin formula, he got fucking cancer and died because <laughs> of it. So, which I mean, I think that would have been. It's a little uh, intense. Yeah, it's <laughs> but... a little intense, and it probably would have made this movie even worse. Yeah, because instead of having like, well, they could have focused on different vi- like instead of having three villains, they have two, which could have made the villains a little better. But also, Harry just dies of cancer, so I don't think that'd be. No, I'm not There's advocating not time. for Harry to die of cancer. I'm just <laughs> saying the medical stuff that they do in that is he dies. In this, he dies, but then he has amnesia. Yeah. Bump on my head free as a bird. I wish someone yeah, bumped that, me on the head. Yeah, that stuff is stupid. What about Harry and MJ doing the twist while making omelets? <laughs> there are like at least three scenes in this movie that if you took them out of context and replace the actors, showed them to someone else, they would never be able to tell you that they were from a fucking Spider-Man movie. Yeah. That, that was scene, just kind of weird. I didn't understand so why that weird. needed to be there. Same with all the dancing. Like, if you showed that to somebody, they'd be like, oh, I don't know. Is this from fucking, like, I don't even, I don't even know what that, like, hairspray or something? Like, I, it's so ridiculous and not in character. Yeah, I think the first half of the stuff with Harry is kind of bad. I kind of like when he gets his memory back and then he just, just starts yeah. fucking with Peter. No, like, that yeah. stuff is really good. <laughs> I, I took MJ. Fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing I'm saying is, yeah, I don't like New Goblin as far as, like, I like it in concept. I enjoy Harry Osborn Green Goblin stories. Everyone should read Sensational Spider-Man 180 through 185? The 180-somethings. <laughs> I think, oh, actually, I think it might be 178 through 184. Anyway, everyone track that down and read that. And then also 190. But... The stuff at the end is really good, too. Yeah, with, well, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The second half, as soon as he gets his memory back, as soon as we're done with the weird MJ subplot with him, I really like the fight between them in the in the apartment. I think that stuff's great. There's a lot of, like, real <laughs> raw anger in yeah. there. And also, that's 
the best choreographed fight in this movie, I think, because it feels real and it still has dumb stuff like, oh no, you destroyed the laptop, so now the glider's gonna fly yeah. all over the place. Like, what? What fucking command? The end is of that? the fight was kind of surprising, but though. It's still so, like, violent when he yeah. throws <laughs> a bomb into his face and it explodes. Yeah, it literally explodes directly into his face yeah. and permanently scars half of his face. Like, that's fucked. <laughs> But <laughs> it's pretty that's good, great. though. Yeah, no, that stuff is like actually good. Like when I'm saying there's really good stuff in here, and there's talent behind the camera and in front of it. That's the stuff I'm talking about. There's great emotion in that, and also just wonderful choreography. You can tell what's going on. Like it's not cut too quick or too close that you are confused at where everyone is in the scene, which is what happens in a lot of action movies. And I don't think the fight has that much CG. No, it so. looks, other than the fucking stupid glider flying well, Yeah, but stuff, other but than that. it's No, that's the best fight in the movie, and it's a really good sequence. And that almost feels like, or other than that, it doesn't feel like it could be in another movie, but it feels like if you took out some of the superhero stuff, that could be in just a normal action movie or yeah. drama or whatever. It's really good. It's much better than the earlier fight where they're swinging around and Tobey Maguire is falling off a brick wall and holding on, crawling up it with his frog face. Or... Yeah, I think the first like half of the fight before they start like getting into like the glider and like yeah. him using his sword and all that it could be in anything. Yeah, I because I mean it's just a fist fight. Other than. They they get thrown around a lot. I'm pretty mm. sure Harry hits his face on a staircase yeah, and like does, does a f- like a full f- like backflip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. so that kind of makes it. Yeah, it's in a superhero movie. I just other mean the way it's shot. Yeah, other than like those extremes, yeah. it could be in kind of anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it it feels a lot more grounded than any of the other fights. It stands out. Is yeah, what I'm saying. And I also the Bernard scene where he's like. The blade that pierced your father's body came from his own glider. <laughs> I do enjoy all the bloopers, though, where he can't say glider. Like, he's like, the blade that pierced his body came from his gilder. The blade that pierced his body came from your glider. No, his glider. The blade that pierced his body came from his trailer. John Paxton is an old, old man. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't he have said that sooner? Yeah, why do you why do you say it now? No, it's <laughs> terrible that he apparently he's also known that Peter's Spider Man this whole time. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'll wait five years to tell you because his whole Harry's entire life ever since the end of that first film has been about getting revenge on Spider Man. I swear on my father's grave, Spider Man will pay until I find him. It's twenty four seven. You stole my father's love. You let him die because you didn't turn in the freak. Taking pictures of your friend. If you knew who he was, would you tell me? You killed my father. And you'd think that the one like father figure in his life would be like, hey, I have this extremely important information. <laughs> You're going out every night trying to get yourself killed, and now you've like fallen apart the same way I watched your dad fall apart. Yeah, now that your life is completely over and you're permanently scarred, <laughs> here's what actually happened to your dad. Maybe Just like Peter told you. You should have told him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing that he's been saying this entire movie in the entire like last three movies is completely correct, <laughs> and I just withheld that from you. That's ridiculous. But I do like when 
they team up. That's fun. Yeah. It's not, it's good. I like the parallel of, uh, I don't like when he like jumps in front of the glider at the last second. It's so cheesy. Yeah. But... I, of course they did that. And also he definitely shouldn't have lived for that long. One of those no. definitely went straight through his heart. <laughs> yeah. It's or at, at least an a angle. lung. No, yeah. it's at, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Both. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Because it went all the way through him. And people don't usually live for another, like, half an hour after that. Well, he's got the goblin formula, maybe. I don't know if he does. I don't know if he, like, took it before he got on that glider. I I would assume, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's proven in that first Spider-Man movie that, that, like, drives you crazy. And it drove him crazy, so I (laughs) hope he's not still taking it. But he still has, like, super strength and can fight. Sandman or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he can get blown up and not die, so he yeah. can take a grenade straight to the face. Yeah, he did take that. Yeah, like, right to the fucking yeah. face. Like, in, they literally show it hit him in the face. <laughs> but it's... I do like the parallel that he died the same way his dad died. Yeah. Like, By yeah. his own glider. <laughs> his own gilder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You know what else is the stupidest fucking thing? The weird born identity moment where the bus goes by and then he disappears that's is he on the floor of the diner did he like duck down or is he gone my favorite thing is the extra in the back like that was sitting like behind him Mm. is just so confused like even he doesn't know where he went well we've (laughs) talked a lot about how good the extras are in these yeah this probably doesn't have as many as the other two do but there's still there's still the fucking uh really cliche photographer who's like, I got a secret, Gwen. It's my copier. <laughs> <laughs> so weird and bad and maybe... All the extras at the, the Spider-Man parade are oh, so funny. Oh, there's that one lady who flips the yeah. fuck out over Spider-Man. Spider-Man! Yeah. That's, <laughs> when she's, yeah that's like, she's like ripping her hair out over Spider-Man. I know. She yeah, stands up, starts clapping. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh... Yeah, that woman shouldn't be on stage <laughs> to give Spider-Man the key to the city or whatever, but, well, you get who you can get, I guess. Peter Parker's such a dick in this movie. That's <laughs> another one of the biggest flaws of this movie, is he's such a dick long before he ever gets to the symbiote. Like, he is just so naive and unaware of what's going on around him or how people feel around him. You have no idea how I feel right now. No, no, I, I, I know exactly how you feel. It happens to me all the time. I see Spider-Man posters in the window. The kids running around with me on their sweaters. It's a big Halloween item. I don't know. I guess I've become something of an icon. Which is something that wasn't in the last two movies. It's he's because been... he's not suffering in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he has it too good. And yeah. New York loves him. Everything else is going surprisingly well with his life. And I, For once. I enjoy that opening narration where he's like, hey, everything's good right now and I'm happy about it. Like, I like to see that obviously but he's such a dick because of that that now after seeing this movie so many times and just kind of like not liking him in this movie listening to that opening speech is kind of grating because it's like yeah but you're an asshole because everything's going your way i feel like it could be setting up for the symbiote because later they say it just like amplifies your traits yeah so if he's already a dickhead and then he has the symbiote then he's like literally the worst person on earth. But I feel like they could have done it a little better. And I don't feel bad for him because he's not that different once the symbiote gets to him. He's obviously he's more of a dick. Yeah. But I wish that he was like 
Peter Parker that we've grown to love for the first half or whatever. So when he the symbiote gets to him, it's a lot more shocking. It's like, oh shit, Spider-Man for the rest. Because if this was the only Spider-Man movie you saw, you'd be like, oh, Spider-Man's just an asshole, I guess. He should be a good guy at the start of the movie and then eventually once the symbiote gets to him or even a little before maybe he starts to be a little too cocky and then he's taken down and he goes even farther he shouldn't be hitting his fiance though yeah that was yeah that was that was weird don't like that every time that is so uncomfortable and it doesn't belong in the movie and i understand it's a vessel for him to finally be like oh i've gone too far i gotta take off this suit but it's there were so many better ways they could do it than him literally backhanding mary jane in public yeah i mean i know we didn't do it on purpose but it's still a weird still (laughs) kind of like an angry thing to put in your movie yeah it it just it's so out of place and uncomfortable to watch it kind of just comes out of nowhere it does. I mean, and also it's just that's another huge weird tonal shift where he's jumping around the jazz bar, like swinging and dancing, playing the You know, piano. I think that scene is like mildly entertaining just because of how stupid it is. It's incredibly entertaining because of how stupid it is, at least to me, but then it's completely tarnished yeah. by that awful thing that he does. Spider-Man being a dick probably shouldn't be like such a real-world problem. It should be like, "Oh, He's he's being a little tougher on the bad guys or whatever. He should be hitting his future wife. My future wife. <laughs> like, that's weird. The symbiote stuff. It's just, like, really mean-spirited. There's nothing, like, fun about it. It's literally just Peter Parker being an extremely terrible person. And, like, not even feeling bad about it. Even before he gets the symbiote. He's an asshole, and he doesn't feel bad about it because he's just not even aware that he's doing anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And it, it's so annoying because people trash on MJ in these movies and she can be a little much at times. But I do feel legitimately bad for her because every time that Peter opens his fucking mouth and talks about how, oh, you know, this I know how you feel. That you're having <laughs> is just like me when I'm Spider-Man and everyone loves me. Yeah. It's so unhelpful and it's so like real that <laughs> it's like, and then like her, just having someone who doesn't understand her getting fired and then like leaving the theater and oh, he's there tragic. and everyone's clapping for him. And that isn't even his fault. Yeah. That's just, <laughs> but that's just insult to injury and that's I like that moment and I kind of like I feel like I go back and forth on whether I like her character in this movie. And I think this watch I felt a lot more sympathetic and a lot more like yeah, you know, it's okay that you're being kind of mean to Peter because he's such an asshole and you deserve better, and I'm glad that you two aren't together. Yeah, like, I feel like she's a lot more likable in this movie just because you can understand, like, where she's coming from. And, I mean, she's trying. Yeah. She's trying really hard, but Peter's just terrible. (laughs) I don't even know if I would say that she's likable. I would just say that she is right and that i agree with her because i don't think either of them are i think they're both snappy at each other and they're both so caught up in their own worlds that they don't even have a world together yeah i think i think one of the problems with this movie is that all of the main characters aren't likable 
The only likable character is Sandman, and he's one of the villains. Yeah, <laughs> and occasionally Harry Osborn, but the way that he's likable is in such an annoying fucking. I got hit on the head. Now I'm yeah, he's only like my James Franco. He's only likable when he has amnesia and he's just James Franco, and then he goes back to being Harry Osborn. <laughs> yeah, and you know trilogies, especially around this time, if you think about it, like if you think about the prequel trilogy or even the X Men trilogy. There's always like a dark version of the character or the main character that you've been watching for the rest of the trilogy goes evil, like with Jean Grey or Anakin Skywalker. It's it's definitely the darkest movie in the trilogy, I'll give him that, but that doesn't make it fun. And a movie about Spider-Man should at least be fun at the end, but at the end of this movie, everyone's crying. Yeah, the the movie literally ends with Peter and MJ hugging while crying. Yeah. And then the credits After roll. a funeral... And before that, we get another recount of the Uncle Ben story of how it really happened. And then Sandman gets away to presumably rob more banks. Yeah. <laughs> so really, this is how you end the trilogy? <laughs> how does what, what, how can Sandman cry? He cries. <laughs> water is his weakness. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe he needs a lot of water. Maybe like drops aren't that bad, that's but like so puddles that's so are bad. Weird. I, I don't know. I don't understand how his body can like have water in it. Is, is his body, does it become 70% sand instead of water? Maybe. I mean, clearly he has water like in his eyes and even just having uh, your eyes in general. You have to have yeah. water on them or whatever. So it's confusing. I, how does Sandman's body work? That's, <laughs> that's the that real question. That sounds like a pervy question, it, but it's yeah. a normal question. It's a genuine question. Does he Does he need water? What does drinking water do to his to his insides? I mean, we know a lot of water will kill him, but it doesn't kill him. It just like washes him yeah, away, he, and then he's back. Can he die? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like he can because he, he melts. He turns into mud, but then if mud dries, it just becomes sand again. So and then he, he can just reform dry. into sand. Yeah, he doesn't appear to have any other weaknesses. Because there's always more sand, and whenever he absorbs more sand, then he's fine. If you, everything if, Harry Osborn did to him didn't stop him, like could he you still could you put fine. him in a furnace? I don't because then he turns into would, glass. Yeah, but even when his arm gets turned into glass in this movie, then like he's fine. He has yeah, his but arm again. That was just his arm. If, if you, you put his entire if, body, yeah, if you put his entire being into like an oven or something and turn him into glass and then destroy the glass, sure. will he reform if into do, sand? Yeah, if you do a super intricate, weird thing, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he's fought Johnny Storm before. Yeah, he's could you still around? Could you do like a uh, Spider-Man PS4 style? Just put Sandman in a bottle oh, and that's then so fucked up. That's and so put him fucked in a backpack. Up. Yeah. Yeah. on the top of like the Empire <laughs> yeah. State Building or whatever. That's, that's so that's such a weird thing in that. Just like Sandman has eaten like a glass bottle. Yeah, that's and a he's mistake. Just, he's I just been in there in for there. like four years. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking crazy. That they were like, let's put him in a backpack. It'll be funny and not super problematic. And yeah, not like... not super sad. Yeah, like imagine imagine this movie's Sandman trapped in a bottle for the rest of his life. He can never see his daughter. His daughter yeah. would have died of cancer <laughs> at that point. Maybe if that scientist wasn't like, "Oh, it's a bird, it'll fly away." Yeah, maybe, maybe this they, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, maybe, maybe they could have checked. Checked at this weird like, what's the experiment they're doing? I don't know. Something about there's nothing but sand in there. Yeah, I I don't. <laughs> It's it's something to do with like atoms, I think. But apparently, it, there's he can just sand. Mold sand to a person. Also, shouldn't he be part locket? Like, shouldn't that locket be part of him? Because everything yeah. that was in there mixed together, but the locket's still on its own. Also, 
his daughter gives him that right. Why would she give him a locket of herself? Y- yeah, that that's, that's a weird, creepy thing to do. Yeah, especially when like his wife hates him. Yeah. So like, it's not like she had it and then the kid stole it and then gave it to him. It's like she she, she just had, had a locket it. with her Put own that picture. In there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so it's so, like there's so much troubling underthought stuff in That this. that would mean that she knew that her dad was going to break out of prison so that she she could give it to him unless she's had it lying around. But then why does she have it if it's her own picture? I don't know, maybe she wears it. Did maybe he, she wears a picture of herself. Was it her was it his before he went to prison and now she just has it and like since it's his, that's just her I mean, reminder of him or something. His, it would be nice for them to say it, for them to be like, "Oh yeah, this is my locket from earlier." Like you don't have to say it, but you have to make it more clear that yeah. she gives him this locket. <laughs> like if he just took it off the fucking desk or whatever, I'd be like, "Oh okay, sure." But having her give it to him is such a weird choice. Uh, something I do like about the locket, though, is whenever he's not like in his sand form, he just kind of has it wrapped around his hand. Yeah, that's that's good. It's like a small thing that they don't even acknowledge. Yeah, but, but it's just yeah. there. You know, that's what he's fighting for. Yeah, so it's nice can... he just always has it's it. Like, how, like in his hand. <laughs> how in the first Avenger, Steve Rogers always has that watch with Peggy on it. It's like okay, so he can he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and it's it's good. It's a nice little thing. It's a it's a good touch. There's lots of good touches in this movie. Then there's just lots of like overarching concepts that are completely baffling and weird. And that's where it falls down. Is <laughs> So much of this, I'm just like, why would you make that choice? <laughs> Which isn't good. If we're going to just go back to Venom real quick, and I know we've really beat him for a long time. <laughs> but, oh, also, I just want to, before I forget, yeah, you see Eddie Brock's skeleton when he explodes. Did you notice that? <laughs> no, I yeah, didn't. you see the skeleton. I just noticed that after the bomb goes off, his entire body is just gone. But yeah. that's not how bodies work. <laughs> I really like, I do like that destruction of him, though. Yeah. Also, I think Sandman is the only villain in any of these movies to get away, <laughs> to not be killed. Um, Everybody else has been. In the first one, Green Goblin kills himself. Second one, Doc Ock Doc kills, kills himself. himself. This one, Venom <laughs> ki- and Harry both kill themselves. Yeah. What the fuck? Why do they all kill themselves? I don't know. I don't know. And then I Mor- moral of the story is don't don't become a Spider-Man villain. Because you, will you will die. Kill yourself. Yeah, you will kill yourself either intentionally or unintentionally. Probably unintentionally. Probably unintentionally. <laughs> I think oh, okay, half of them did it intentionally. Wait, no, three-fourths of them did it intentionally. Norman Osborn is the only one who didn't think he was going to die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is Weird and troubling. Yeah. Uh, just so like that in whole some way, is. <laughs> in some way, you will kill yourself intentionally, unless you're Sandman, which yeah, means you can get away to rob more banks. Yeah. <laughs> unless you can get the forgiveness of Spider-Man, so that he'll never bother you again, and so that you can rob banks for your dying daughter. But what I was going to say about Venom is that we need to address the behind-the-scenes thing that Sam Raimi did not like Venom, he did not think he was a sympathetic character, and he was not going to be in this movie. Which it would have been better without him. (laughs) Yeah, but Sony, and a person I am fucking shocked that we have never talked about, who's Ivy Arad, who was the Spider-Man producer, and just the Marvel producer forever. Yeah, I I just remember... Like the one thing that I remember about him, and I like I every time I see him on the um the credits, credits of every yeah. single movie, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's the guy that fucked over the original Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> yeah, he is, and he's just he's done everything. Like 
every bad choice has been made in one of these movies <laughs> is his choice, and the good choices are because Kevin Feige is like, yeah, put that in there. Fuck you, Abby <laughs> Exactly. No. Like, no, they're really like the good and evil of the universe. Yeah. Feige versus Arad. And- Which I think it's like it, it's weird to realize just how long Kevin Feige has been like part of since the Marvel X-Men. movies. Yeah, so... he's been there like since the beginning. Yeah, and I think... Like, the only ones he didn't work on. I don't think he did anything on Ghost Rider. I don't think he was part of that. Yeah, I didn't see his name on that. that's maybe one of the only ones ever since X-Men that he hasn't even executively produced. So, I mean, obviously we love him and he's great. Because <laughs> uh, he's Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah, he's perfect. Um, he's one of the holiest men in Hollywood, <laughs> I feel like, like, as far as just... And his many Marvel Studios caps. <laughs> I, I like to think it's just the one. <laughs> <laughs> and the blade hat, of course. No, I like to think that he has like a closet full of the exact same hat. <laughs> oh, sure, like a cartoon character. Yeah, everything <laughs> is the same outfit. That's hilarious. Or it's it's either that, or it's just like each row is a different like variation of the same hat. Like it's a different color. Some of them have the ten as the the one. That yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ivy Arad was like, "You were putting Venom in this movie," and Sam Raimi was like, "I lit. I don't want that. Please, just let me do what I want." And so. A lot of people, including me, because I really like Sam Raimi. I love the Evil Dead movies, and I love those first two Spider-Man movies. Everyone's like, he intentionally fucked this movie over. And I think he did in a lot of places, because there's so much craft in so much of this film. So much of it looks incredible and sounds incredible and is just like really, really solid that everything that's fucked up seems like it was intentionally done that way. Because he's against the studio, which sucks, because... He didn't get a chance to come back. He didn't get to redeem himself with another Spider-Man movie, but things went the way they went, and now we're in a pretty good position where we have some good Spider-Man movies coming out, and we have an amazing animated universe with him in it, and then we have the Marvel universe with him in it, and that's fine. But it's unfortunate that the last movie in what's such a like auteur trilogy is kind of fucked over by its own creator I mean, yeah like it's, it's it's like intentionally not as good as the other two i kind of respect that though for him to be like i don't want to do this this is a mistake to do this so i'm gonna fuck it up yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it i sucks, mean though. it sucks that there wasn't a spider-man 4 either with Mysterio, that probably would be Bruce cool. Campbell yeah. as Mysterio, yeah, and Bruce Which, Campbell's appearance in this is maybe yeah, my it's favorite one. So good, <laughs> like I do love him getting his name, and I love the theater usher, but nothing is better than him going, "I am French." <laughs> Romance, I am French. And then just the awkward pause between them, and, yeah. so, and then Peter's just like, "Well, anyway." <laughs> yeah, I thought they could play this. Oh, their favorite. <laughs> Yeah, he's and then him great. like waving over the people and then sending them away that again. That scene <laughs> is so effectively uncomfortable. When I say I sympathize with MJ, that's like the number one scene where I'm like, Peter, shut the fuck up. This Gwen thing is bad timing for everyone involved. Why would you kiss her? That was his idea. Yeah, that was his idea. Like that is okay. It wasn't his idea, but he went along with it. <laughs> no, he says lay one on me. He's like, yeah, do it. I think they're like kiss her, and he's like. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, you should do kiss it. Me, which is despite the creepy, fact that uh, he's extremely aware that that MJ is there. is there. He was literally with her before that, saying, "Yeah, I'll come out over there." Yeah. So what are you doing? <laughs> so fucking. And dumb. then he doesn't understand that it's wrong. <laughs> and also, he's just like, "She's my classmate. She, he, she, she knows you're Spider Man." My class, MJ, and. They completely have switched kind of MJ's character with Gwen's character. Not completely, but MJ is also a supermodel, and she kind of is in, like, Spider-Man 2. You have the Emma Rose billboards or whatever. 
but now they also gave that to Gwen in this movie for some reason. Like, that's not what she's about at all. But in this, she's dumb and ditzy. And I'm so glad that they finally got that character so right in The Amazing Spider-Man. Like, that's the strongest aspect of that movie is that core relationship. And those performances are incredible. I mean, especially because Garfield and Emma Stone were dating at the time. So it so really easy. works. <laughs> it feels right. I feel really bad for her in this, even though it's such a bad characterization because so much of this movie is a victim of just not understanding characters. But I feel bad for her when she's just constantly being used by everyone around yeah. her. That bar scene, she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that this was just to fuck with you. I'm yeah. Like, oh my God. The second half of this movie, there's a lot of people just fucking with each other. Like, there, there's Harry fucking with Peter, and then Peter fucks with Brock. <laughs> like, yeah, why? Manipulation <laughs> yeah. and humiliation. Like, this movie isn't humiliate? fun. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's There's so many uncomfortable moments in this entire movie, just, like, kind of sprinkled through. And it's not how it should be. Yeah, no it's Spider-Man. It's like this movie, but this just kind of feels, like you said earlier, yeah, it's, like, angry and kind of aggressive in a way that it isn't, like, the character is aggressive because he's going through this dark turn. That's the point. It's just mean filmmaking, kind of. Yeah, like... like Nobody I, wants to be here. I think it could it could also be because Sam Raimi didn't want to make the movie. Well, that's so what he I mean, was exactly. over. Yeah, he Everybody's was. Everybody's like, I don't. Yeah, he, this isn't going if, how it should. If literally the director didn't want to make the movie, then obviously the movie you make isn't gonna be the the best yeah. or like the happiest. Because he had ideas. I mean, he wanted. I think Ben Kingsley or John Malkovich as the vulture, and then he wanted he wanted to finally do the Kurt Connors lizard thing that was set up in Spider-Man 2, kind of, just, like, you know, putting Connors in that. And then he's in this more, but the only thing that Dylan Baker gets to do with that character is call Peter on the phone while the girl next door is feeding him cookies and be like, I wouldn't get any of this shit on you, even though you obviously definitely have. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks that that character didn't get to go anywhere. I think there's, like, a lizard skeleton in his office or something it's like well that's not anything yeah (laughs) that sucks (laughs) we could all see it coming and then it just didn't let me see if i have any trivia i haven't gotten into oh my god you know who is going to be gwen stacy scarlett johansson that would have been what weird (laughs) yeah like 2007 and there's an editor's cut of this movie not a director's cut Raimi was like i'm done but there was a cut it just it doesn't have anything good in it (laughs) They took out one of my favorite scenes, which is the phone call scene where Mr. Diggerich is like, I was trying to figure out what to say. If it's a woman you're calling, then you say, you're a good woman. I'm a good man. Hmm? They cut that out for some reason. That's weird. Which is like, that's so good and funny and yeah. great. And they were like, like we it's a small that. thing, but it's nice to have something that isn't uncomfortable. The Russian title for this movie is Spider-Man 3, Enemy in the Reflection. I think they just saw the poster yeah, and were like, probably. we can do this. Because <laughs> that's, that's, I like like literal titles in other <laughs> countries. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, why would it even have a subtitle? Why wouldn't it just be Spider-Man 3? And, you know, John Jameson from the last movie, who was a nothing character, his point of being in that movie was, in this movie, he would have at least brought the symbiote back to Earth, like, because he's an astronaut, and mm-hmm. that's what happens usually. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just 
Spider-Man stumbles across something in Reed Richards' lab and it's an alien costume, but sometimes it is like, I think in the cartoon especially, it's like, Joan Jameson went to space and he came back and he brought back a fucking alien. Yeah, wasn't then, he the, the, wasn't he Venom at some point? He's, no, he's a different, he's like Nightwolf or something. Oh, yeah. Not Nightwolf. He's yeah, Night, that, Mortal Kombat character. Yeah. <laughs> he's something like, it's something like super silly, he's some werewolf guy. Anything that they could have done to bring the symbiote around could have been better and there were ideas and they were just like, It'll just crash because we can do that in After Effects in five hours. So who cares? <laughs> it just it's just lazy. And yeah, when it jumps onto the back of the bike, it makes a V for Venom. Yeah, I remember because I used to watch this movie a lot on uh, I don't know if it was like Spike or something like like some cable channel, and they would always do this thing like during the commercials there would be a what's the girl's name like. Melissa Menounos or whatever, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, like she would show up and be like, here's some fun facts you didn't know about this movie. It would always be Spider-Man or Ghost Rider, or like Spider-Man 3 or Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. She was like, the symbiote jumps on the back and makes a V for Venom. It's like, why are you interrupting this movie to tell me that? Like, yeah. I don't <laughs> fucking care about that. <laughs> Literally, who cares? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just talk about the emo Peter thing. I know we've talked about it, but it's confusing and I understand that it's a lot of people defend that scene and say, oh, well, that's what Peter Parker thinks is cool, like, because it does kind of reflect your inner thoughts or yeah. whatever. And so he thinks being cool is listening to James Brown and dancing and I don't fucking know, like doing whatever the fuck he did when he got out of that store. <laughs> yeah, I do love the edit of this without music. It's fun. Yeah, it's because that's 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 what, what it, it is. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine being there while they filmed this. <laughs> I don't know why there's a four minute dancing scene in this movie. I like it. I think it's hilarious, and I kind of like I kind of understand what it's trying to do, and I think it's ridiculous, and I like that. But it was a weird way to convey their message. <laughs> it's so wacky, and it's so... I could not... And this was a thing I thought watching it this time, I'm sure, every time, but I internalized it this time. It's just that I could not imagine being in a theater 13 years ago and seeing this for the first time, not knowing it was going to happen. Oh, like, yeah. imagine if this happened in any superhero movie now. If there was well, an MCU movie where something like this happened... I can't think of a single example where something this embarrassing happens. Like... Like, Thor playing Fortnite isn't a four-minute sequence, you know? Like, yeah, okay. The what are those jokes? Yeah, Black was, Panther isn't that, I was like, gonna say, there are things like this in the MCU, sure. but not for four minutes. It's not a four-minute character th- where he's, like, flirting with Betty Brant, and he's getting his own office or it's only fun. It's only fun when Star-Lord dances at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, if you're gonna do a dancing, do it like that, or do it, like, make him look insane, like in Joker or something. Yeah. I keep, whenever I, because I have to get a lot of clips for these episodes to splice them in, so I'm always going to YouTube, and recommended for me are always, like, the 4K Joker clips, and I always watch them. Because <laughs> they're so that, good. I've only seen Joker once, but I've seen that Murray scene, like, five times in the last two weeks, I think, and it's just, I, don't, I still don't know how to feel about that scene, because I think it's really well done, but I also hate that he just tells you what the movie's about. And I was a loner, and if I was on the street, you just walk right past me, and you see me every day, and you don't even even notice it's because society is corrupt and the rich eat the poor or whatever. I think I think it's fine. Yeah, but I you get to I see Robert know. De Niro get shot in the face by a clown. Yeah, and it's so. <laughs> 
I I like to slow that part down just because it's so it's one of the best headshots in any movie ever. Yeah, like oh my, it's just close it's just range. So so like out of nowhere and brutal. You know, the best thing is usually when you have something like that, it's clearly an effect shot, which means it'll be like a shot that you never see until it happens. So you'll see the dummy head or whatever. Yeah. Like it won't be a wide shot, and that is the wide that you've seen a hundred times. And Robert De Niro is like still talking to him in the scene, and it's the same shot, and then he gets shot in the head, and it's just so effective. Like it's like old school. It's great. Uh, that's I so that's why I'm like that scene's fucking great and I just love like the Dr. Ruth lady sitting on the couch next to him who's just like faints and she's appalled and then he does like that Heath Ledger homage where he goes to the camera and like starts talking to it and making his own message and they cut to the emergency broadcast warning or whatever like good night and always remember that's I can't believe how many takes of that scene that they did (laughs) When he like first comes out of the curtain, they mm. did like twenty takes of that, of that oh, shot Jesus, because wow. Joaquin Phoenix just kept coming out in different ways every single time. That's so hilarious. they just picked one that they liked, and then like hi- like him coming like before he sat down, like just shaking like everybody's hand mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. They did that another twenty times because he just hilarious. kept doing everything different. He's that's why he's gonna win an Oscar next month. Yeah, I hate <laughs> the Oscars. I hate awards, but but he deserves he something. Yeah. yeah, he really does because that's. That's a standout. Yeah, they they just did like twenty or thirty takes of like each of those because he just he just kept coming up with like different ways to do it. And I don't want this to turn into raving about Joker, but I do just want to say that like I love in that movie how they clearly set like they make you think that he has this plan. He's gonna come out. He's gonna be all all nice and loved by the crowd. He's gonna go on the show and then he's gonna shoot himself in the fucking head. And it gets to that scene where the music gets real tense. That score gets so like high strung and everybody's kind of freaking out and you don't quite know what's gonna happen you think he's gonna shoot himself after he tells his joke but then he doesn't eat complete subversion of expectation he shoots murray in the face and it's like because the whole thing about joker is where he says in the dark knight he's like i'm an agent of chaos i don't have a plan and then like he doesn't have a plan like that's the the plan is to shoot himself in the face we've seen him like imitate that a hundred times in that movie and then he turns it around and he doesn't do it and it's fucking awesome like like it's so subconsciously awesome, like, and just really smart. And also, it's somehow, like, you don't expect it, but it's also exactly what you expect yeah. because it's the joke. You know something's gonna happen. Yeah. You know someone's gonna die, but you don't know. Because it's a completely one-off universe where, so I totally believed he could kill himself on that show, yeah. and he didn't. <laughs> and then I thought he died at the end, and he didn't. It's a, it's a solid film. Like, it's a, it's a really well-put-together movie. Anyway, back to dancing. Peter, we've been Parker. talking about we've been talking about DC movies a lot on this episode. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if we want to keep doing it, I had a thought today. Uh, do you think Superman wears two pairs of underwear because he has the over one on it the and under? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Probably. And is it weirder for him to have two pairs or to just have the outside pair? Probably. I feel like it's more uncomfortable for him to have two pairs. I feel like it'd be weirder if he only had one. Because then, under that suit, he is completely naked. I guess so. But is that that weird? Like, do you think... Uh, I guess Peter Parker's probably ha- has underwear on. Yeah, maybe. Probably. I don't know. Well, You think superheroes are going around? Okay. I you think def- some of them are. With how many tears there there are usually in like a superhero's costume, sure. you think they're really completely naked under there? I think... You get one cut in the wrong spot, and it's going to be real awkward okay. real quick. <laughs> I think like really skin-tight ones, like I think like... 
like you know how like in the comics like the punisher has a super tight yeah. like, black clad suit i don't think he's wearing underwear <laughs> also i don't think he cares <laughs> like, well yeah probably the the punisher probably doesn't care but like with spider-man yeah be probably wearing something under that <laughs> i mean you know that tom holland is because you see him in his underwear a couple times in spider-man homecoming it's so weird but <laughs> you don't think about it but it's true yeah He's got abs. That, that's why, because they want to show all his abs. But. Probably. You got to have that, that shortly shot in every single Marvel movie. Yeah, I don't think there's a single one that doesn't have it. Even Endgame has Fat Thor. So. Yeah, and that counts, I, that I counts, guess. That counts. It's a subversion. Subversion. <laughs> Diversity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. One of those pussies going to put in like an actually diverse character. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it does, but... It's not for us to talk about right now. Captain Marvel episode. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> they're just, they're so scared to actually do anything risky. Like, they'll put in a side character who we'll never see again, and they'll kiss uh, someone of the same sex, and that's it. Like <laughs> I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> More from it's... a company that pretends to be so progressive and interested in, like, gender politics. It's just to make money. I know. You know it's just to make money. But I'm saying... That sucks, and it shouldn't be, and they should. Yeah, it. it sucks, but it's also a brand, so they'll just do whatever is mainstream so yeah, they can that's make not money. Good. And <laughs> it's not like... good, but that's just how companies work. Yeah, but I feel like it shouldn't be enough, and that needs to be addressed, and they need to change it if they want to like force this pseudo progressive message. That's just what makes me so mad about. It. Like, Disney obviously is a soulless corporation, but. <laughs> The fake quality is like my least favorite part because it's so posery and safe. And I don't know. You gotta send a message. Yeah, exactly. mean you have to follow it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, never ever follow up on anything. Just pretend, which sucks. Moral of the story is always be a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. I, I know Walt Disney's head is frozen somewhere. I heard <laughs> recently that they only made. They, that they only called that movie Frozen. So when you look up Walt Disney Frozen, that won't come up anymore, <laughs> which is interesting uh i don't know that's pretty funny that's a funny thought at least somebody had villain overload bad characterization baffling choices but still still good action i I, still think it's good i really like watching it (laughs) it ended a trilogy in a at least a successful way this movie made almost 900 million dollars which is a lot at the time um and still now that's like a huge i think this was the highest grossing spider-man movie until far from home actually so that's you know, good for it. The last, like, 30 minutes are, are really good, and there's some pretty, like, tear-jerking moments at the end. I really like the when Sam ends doing the speech. I'm not asking you to forgive me. I just want you to understand. I don't love that MJ gets fired, even though her performance that we see is perfectly fine. You'd think if you want to be, like, that's her she, only performance. Yeah, so, I know. But you'd think if, if, yeah, yeah, weird. if they were like, oh, she wasn't very good, maybe communicate that she wasn't very good. Yeah, not make her perfectly fine yeah. and then just say, no, they all hated her and yeah. she gets fired right away. And then, you know, she's literally back to her 9 to 5 position as a waitress. Working 9 to 5! Like, that's where she was in the first movie and now that's where she is again. It's weird that she has like these... Because she was like, she was doing a play every night in Spider-Man 2. So I feel like it's so weird that she was fired from one play and now she's like unhirable and she just doesn't audition apparently anymore and she just goes back to her waitress job, at least as far as we know. That's weird. That's weird that she's so like vulnerable to just be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's it's weird. But I mean, 
we finally have somebody working nine to five again. Working nine to five. So. Yeah, I guess so. That's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, we want to get away from thing. that. That's the opposite of what we want. We just talked about progression, Franny. No, what I was gonna say. We need <laughs> we need to keep the joke running for as long oh, as possible. God. Yeah, I mean we're not gonna stop no matter what. Yeah, I hate it. I hate doing it. I hate finding the audio clip <laughs> to belong do in it. the kitchen. This is a, a mixed film, and I just remembered that we have to do listener stuff. I was wrapping this up, but oh shit, we have lots. <laughs> should we start with Paul or should we do Paul at the end? Um, we'll save Paul for the end. Okay. I guess. Oh, I watched the first episode of The Witcher. How was that? I really like it. Yeah, it's I'm really gonna good. keep going. Yeah. Reddit first. We got some uh some questions because I asked for questions. <laughs> Panther one nine nine four says, "What do you think about retconning Uncle Ben's death? I think it completely ruins the lesson of responsibility that he was taught in the first movie." Not really. I don't think it really changes that much. Well, the responsibility. I I'm trying to think of it as in like the person who was blamed for Uncle Ben's death wasn't the person who killed him. Like. The responsibility was on someone else or something. I don't know. I can't. I like. I have inklings of a thought on that, but I can't start to say yeah, I, what it is. I I kind of I kind of get what you're saying, but I feel like it's like shifting blame. Yeah, but I mean that was a message for Peter, so I don't think it really matters who killed Uncle Ben because the message is still to Peter. So I, and I think it comes full circle when he lets him go at the end. Yeah, he's like. I mean, we joke about how, oh, he's probably just going to rob more banks. But, I mean, that's still an important moment for Peter Parker to... Because the first time that he faced the man that he thought killed his uncle, he killed him. Yeah. And so now, after all these adventures that he's had, he's, like, actually face-to-face with the real killer. And he's like, I forgive you, and I'm over it. Which is... I think that is kind of cementing Uncle Ben's lesson about responsibility and how it's your responsibility to see the good in people and you know with great power comes great responsibility he has this power it's his responsibility to forgive this man and he does so good job uncle ben you didn't die for nothing (laughs) no and i i just real quick uh we do get to see norman osborne in this movie which is fun that he's in all three of them that's nice yeah i was just thinking that because we see uncle ben also this was cliff robertson's last performance unfortunately but you know, it's always great to see both of those two. I mean, those are the great thing about having the same director and like the same crew for all three of these movies is that we have so many recurring characters that we've grown to love. This is the first superhero trilogy to ever have all three movies directed by the same person. And it's one of, I think there's only two. I think it's just this and the Dark Knight trilogy. I think everything, because <laughs> if you think about every other superhero trilogy, the X Men trilogy, first two are with Brian Singer. And then Brett Ratner, the first three Batman movies, the first two are Tim Burton, the third one is Joel Schumacher, the Iron Man movies, the first two are John Favreau, the third one's Shane Black. Like, it's always the first two movies are directed by the same guy, and then the third one, they fuck off. Like, what a weird trend. So weird. Captain America movies, Joe Johnson did the first one, and then the Russos did the last two. What the fuck? Like, that's so weird that that always happens, but it does. Maybe... Well, it'll happen for guardians of the galaxy i guess yeah and uh spider-man probably if john watts directs the third spider-man movie then he there probably you go. is he probably will yeah yeah the thor movies that's another example where it's kenneth Branagh and the second one whoever did dark alan world taylor <laughs> i think maybe it's alan taylor i don't know if that's somebody else um and then taika watiti obviously even the avengers movies first two avengers movies were joss whedon yeah. and then the third one's russo brothers it's like in the superman movies <laughs> First two Richard Donner, third one Richard Lester. I don't know. Anyway, 
uh, Polga the Great says, A common criticism was that there were too many characters in the script. When focusing on one, the others were pushed too far into the background. Later superhero films have proven that this many characters can be handled well, so what did they fuck up with this script? I think it's just misunderstanding the characters. Misunderstanding and, in the case of Venom, just not even wanting the character to be in the movie in the first place. Yeah, when you look at the big ensemble superhero movies that we have now, or even ones like Ragnarok where we have Valkyrie and we have Loki and Thor and all these people, there's so much passion behind the scenes for these characters and people who grew up with them and want to make them work, but Sam Raimi was like, I don't like Venom, he's not relatable, I don't know why I would want him in my movie. So, yeah, my answer to that question is just, I think he didn't care about a lot of the characters, and I think some of the actors started to not care at this point. They are so excited about this movie coming out, and Spider-Man is also heading to Broadway. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Julie Taymor, who brought The Lion King to the stage, will do the same for The Web Slinger. U2's frontman Bono and guitarist The Edge will write the music. He already didn't want to use Venom, and he just didn't want to make the movie because of like what he had to do it with that's why it just in general the movie kind of got fucked up yeah because the studio kept making him do things that he didn't want to do which is you see that a lot in suicide squad or even fant four stick there's a lot of studio interference that brings it down he also says also ashton kutcher did roughly 13.4 buttloads of movies whilst that 70s show was in production but topher grace couldn't do one film and still be on the show Interesting that, he, yeah, that Ashton Kutcher is in all these romantic comedies around the same time, and he's like, yeah, I'm still on the show, and then Topher Grace is like, oh, I gotta be Venom, I gotta leave. I think it's because... He's barely even in the movie, well, so... yeah, I think, but I think it's because he's technically bulked up, like, he's usually even skinnier. I think he gained, like, 24 pounds of muscle or something. Where? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't In his spider sense, I guess. Jacob Anthony Daniel Lang, so that's a fucking crazy name, uh, he says, <laughs> who'd win in a fight between Topher Grace's Venom or Jamie Foxx's Electro? They're so different. Yeah. But if you think about it, there's nothing electric about Venom. Jamie Foxx's Electro is, like, so... What's the word? Like, he's so fragile and he's so delicate that I feel like the symbiote could fuck with him so easily and rip him apart. Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be pretty easy. I mean, does Electro make a lot of noise? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, he does. Then, then... Dubstep. Yeah, he's like a dubstep monster. Well, then there you go. Electro wins. Good answer, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. You can create flame via electricity. So yeah. an electric fire, and then he's just if it's if it's literally a fight in the street, you can just blow Which up a car. Yeah. yeah, just like literally, all you have to do is get him near a car and blow up the car, and he's done. And Electro takes dubstep with him everywhere he goes. It wouldn't be hard for him to figure out that that's Venom's weakness. Like yeah, the second that he sees the symbiote flipping the fuck out, he'd be like, oh. I understand Sound. what I can do here, yeah. Jaron Homiston says, At what point did the movie turn? There are some perfect moments, but where do the cracks show up? So, like, what's the moment where the flaws start to emerge? The first the first moment where the movie starts to get, like, bad? Yeah. Like, when does it... When does, um, if you were watching this in the theater initially and you had never seen it, when do you think you would be like, Wait a minute. I think I would start... The hair. Really? That late? Well, like, okay... I think I would start... When did, like, when it gets, like, really bad, or just the first sign that's like, this isn't gonna go great? I think 
both. But first, like, when you're, like, the earliest time that you're, like, maybe this isn't going to be the same as the other two. Probably the parade. Okay. See, I think it's, I think I would be suspicious the second that meteor just crash lands. I think, like, and that's, like, 20 minutes in. I think I would be, like, that's unexplained. Usually these movies are good at explaining stuff. I mean. A little cautious about that. For me, like, superhero movies just kind of do shit like that. So I'm just, like, whatever. It's fine. Okay. But, like, once. I think that's so unexplained in, like, Hand of God, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. But I feel like it's really obvious that this is going to be a much. The movie's going to be a little more off than the other two. When Peter Parker is essentially a completely different person. Yeah, that's true. That that's early. Yeah, that's like I think that's those two scenes are pretty close. I th- yeah, I think like as soon as maybe the first scene at his apartment is when he starts to be like like when they're both there, it's like oh, he's really taking the Spider Man thing seriously, yeah. isn't he? Which is so I think yeah. probably that, and then when you know that the rest of the movie is really going to be rough is probably when he he does the thing the with hair the hair. I, yeah, no, I think you're right. That like that's that's, that's that's the last nail in the coffin. It's like okay, this movie's it's over. <laughs> such a turn. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, I really like the how the black suit like forms around him. What I hate is that it's supposed to be like an alien costume, but he can still just take the mask off as a separate piece. Like it should like go back into him like everything yeah he can take off be a suit it should be he can take off the mask except for when he's in the church where the mask won't come off yeah it should be like a a life form yeah from second one it's supposed to be like this alluring powerful thing because the same in in pretty much everything else it's not a costume it's just like it's a part of you yeah so it just like goes into your skin or something right exactly yeah no he can like change into different people that's why there's that episode of the cartoon where he turns into uh chad kroger remember how about that guy from <laughs> I, whatever it's just another costume that makes you angrier it doesn't give you anything but only when you're wearing powerful. it so yeah. for some reason he decides to just wear it around all the time he just wears it under he his clothes shouldn't be putting it in a chest like there's nothing in it where he's like this is an addictive thing it's just like the first time he has it he's like this feels good and this is something else and that's yeah. not enough phil better says when i heard that venom was going to be in the movie i was excited i heard Topher grace would be eddie brock and i was a little hesitant then i saw the film and couldn't understand how they screwed up a movie so bad but then i saw the amazing spider-man 2 and understood that sony is the true villain Everything well they made spider-verse and made up for it i guess yeah but i mean that's because they kept their hands far away yeah. from like, <laughs> sony as a corporation is so like we know what's best and yeah. we know what the chart says and it's that isn't artistic. That's calculated, and usually it ends badly. Yeah. You know a movie's going to go great when they use calculations. <laughs> yeah, you should let your filmmakers do what they yeah, want to do. Just, they know what they're doing. Just trust them. Yeah. Okay, Brian John says, Not very specific to the film, but I think this every time I see Venom. He can peel back his head and reveal Brock's face, but how come, he, how come we don't always see the face in Venom's mouth? It should be there, right? I think that means there's probably like a layer... Like, when he opens the mouth of Venom, that you should see Eddie Brock's dumb face in there. There must be, like, a lair between them, which is gross. Yeah, how does he see then? Yeah, I would assume the eyes on the costume are higher than where his eyes are normally. Yeah. And then his face would be where the mouth is. Because if his face is where the mouth is, but the eyes are higher, and there's a layer in front of him that he can't see. And then when... But and also, when the mouth is closed, then he wouldn't be able to see either. And the mouth so. has to line up with his mouth, because when he talks, the suit moves yeah. its mouth. 
I don't think they thought this through. It's gross. It's so <laughs> gross. In the comics, it's, I think it's different because sometimes you'll see Eddie's face, and there is like it's such a bigger suit in the cost in in the comics that's like there there can be layers of stuff. In the movie, it's skinny fucking Topher Grace and his thick hips, and it's like this isn't. It's like anything. it's just like a weird ass. Uh, you know those telescopes that kind of like zigzag. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's it's just like that. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like his face is lower, but he can see oh, higher. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With like the mirrors. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler Thornton, who he's great. Uh, he <laughs> says, "I remember being really bad, but I have never rewatched it since seeing it in theaters. Venom was obviously awful, but I do remember liking Sandman." Side note: I believe, even if it's not, if it's not true. That this movie is the reason Topher Grace left that 70s show, which really ruined the show. They tried to carry on, that, but that final season was so bad. Everybody apparently loves that show because uh, everyone's I, talking about I it. I have but... no clue what that show is about. Oh, really? It's <laughs> yeah. just the 70s, but it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. So Okay, what a, what a concept for a show. I just remember, <laughs> the only thing I remember is... May I suggest the teachings of the Jedi? And may I suggest the footing of your ass? <laughs> Yeah, you know, the one thing, like, that Topher Grace did, other than this, is he made, like, a very famous fan edit of the prequels into one movie. It's, like, that's another thing that he just did, and I just feel like I should mention that. So, <laughs> Good for him. I don't know what point of his life that was, clearly. I, yeah, he's, he must have been in a weird weird place. I mean, those... Does he do anything now? I think he did it with the Hobbit movies recently. <laughs> All right, but well, good on him. He, I haven't seen him. Oh, you know, he's in Predators. Have you seen that? It's like Predator 3. I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of okay, it. Okay, yeah. He's in that as like a... Spoilers for a movie that came out 10 years ago. Holy shit. He's like a secret bad guy scientist who's trying to kill everybody or whatever. God, it's so weird that 2010 was 10 years ago. Yeah. This movie was 13 years ago. Oh, my God. Weird. I'm just going to read a couple more of these because there's, there's lots. Uh, <laughs> and we've been going for... Yep. A lot longer than usual. Yeah, yeah. This isn't gonna be out on time. But I always say that, and they have been. They keep coming out on Saturdays. Because you just decide to sit alone for four hours. I do. That's. <laughs> I did that last night, and it was intense. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I'll read. I'll read. Uh. Jay Hewen's last. Um. I get bullied for this opinion, but honestly, I genuinely feel like all three Raimi Spider-Man movies are of the exact same quality. They're all as good as each other, and they're all as bad as each other. None of them are good movies. They've aged terribly, but they're stunningly hilarious to watch. That's why I've always loved them. I love all three of them equally, and I can always have a fantastic time watching them. I think the first two are, like, good films, but I can kind of see, like, laughing at the effects and some of the overacting that these movies are known for and have kind of become memes for, like... I'm not against that opinion. I think that's fine. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. These aren't, none of these are perfect movies, not even close. I mean, to me, the first two will always be perfect, but some of that's well, blinded. But... Those, yeah, those, for, for us, those are great movies, but in general, those aren't necessarily good movies in general. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I would say they're not good movies. I think they're they're I think like like we were talking about at the start of the show, I would say those are objectively good movies. I just think there's some stuff in there that hasn't aged that's, like perfectly like Jay said. That's fair. But I don't think any like even this, I don't think it's too far off from the other two. It's definitely not as good. No. But I don't think there's too big of a quality gap. I wouldn't say they're pretty close, but they're not super not far as, either. 
big as people say it is. It's not yeah. like one of the worst superhero movies ever made by a long shot. Like, yeah, it's, it's very entertaining and it's very like well crafted and well done. It's just overloaded with characters and subplots. Yeah, it's not like the first two are at like the top of a mountain and this one's at the very bottom. It's like this one is just a little lower and the other two are a little bit higher. Sure. That's, that's about it. Okay. I mean, I'm always going to hold those. I, I just hold those movies so high in my eyes, but I... Yeah, just being realistic. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get where you're going from. Uh, or where Jay's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, let's finish off with Paul. Uh, I Again, I've never pre-read this. I never do. Spider-Man 3. He always sends me the list. So I love it. <laughs> Venom has a weird human mouth and I hate it. Peter finds out that the guy he murdered in cold blood didn't kill Uncle Ben and feels no remorse at all. Sandman is good. New Goblin is shit. Harry is smug as fuck throughout the movie. I thought his death was sad as a kid. Weird Butler just appears out in this movie for nothing. Harry becomes a Willem Dafoe. Wait. <laughs> Harry becomes a Willem Dafoe, but by the end, he is a Willem Dafriend. Again. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Seeing Willem Dafoe in this movie was great. <laughs> yeah. He, was he didn't look as old as I thought he would. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, he's always looked kind of old. So I don't think I've yeah. ever seen him look young. God, that pun was awful, but I love it. That was so great. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't read that first. <laughs> I hope he didn't steal that from somebody. I hope that's his own content. Probably even isn't. if it is. There's no original content. Yeah, whatever. This is all repeated. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a wrap. I like this movie. Uh, it's bad. I, we I mostly like trashed on it because it's not a good movie, but I will always that's, love it with my whole heart. That's what we do with every movie that isn't very that like isn't very good. We like them, mm-hmm. but we just spend the entire time talking about how shitty they are. But I, we still like them. But anyway. I think usually we talk about like we talk about good movies. We talk about the bad things. We talk about bad movies. We talk about the good things. I think we kind of try to flip it because there's good and bad and everything. I don't think yeah. we talk about just bad stuff in every movie. Because not every movie has just bad stuff. No, most movies don't. Every movie has Unless good you're and bad. Generation X. <laughs> yeah, that has all bad stuff. <laughs> that has all bad stuff, actually. Yeah. You snuck a feel when you pulled it off me? Oh, God damn it. I'm going to have to put some clips in it. <laughs> um, right. well, have fun listening to those again. <sighs> it's for special kids. <laughs> it's for retards. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter at Marvel Movie Pod. You can email us at marvelmoviepod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Flip Dagg. You can find me on Twitter at Flip Dagg, but the Ian Egg is a three. Franny has been possessed by the symbiote. You know it. Uh, he can still take off the mask for some reason. It's not the alien one. It's the weird, shitty one from just, this movie. It just depends on the day. Oh, really? Is that yeah. how it works? Can you yeah. just keep it in a fucking chest, though, and have mm-hmm. no problem? Yeah. Great. Just, just, I can just wear it on special occasions. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, I'm just gonna say, get on up. <laughs> what? Raise up, get yourself together, and drive that funky soul. Get up, get yourself together, and drive your funky soul.